Hi, everyone. I am Dr. Melissa Rich. This is episode 13 of Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. And I am so glad that you are here today listening or watching or both, whatever. The objective of this podcast, as always, is to help women connect with God regularly. And by doing that, to just access his grace, power, strength, wisdom, everything in order to improve their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. And there are four principles that we use to do that. The first one is to keep our focus on God. And I always say this is a lot harder than it sounds. It sounds like that would be so simple, right? Just keep our focus on God. Do you remember when Jesus was walking on the water towards the boat and his disciples and Peter said, hey, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. And so Jesus said, yeah, come on. Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking toward Jesus. And guess what? The waves are really, really high and the wind is blowing and it's thundering and lightning. And he looks down and what does he do? He starts to sink. And fortunately, Jesus grabs him and pulls him back up again. But that's what happens to us if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus. If we look at all the distractions around us, we start to sink. So keep our eyes focused on him. Next, acknowledge that we are not enough on our own. We're not enough to deal with everything that is going on. And honestly, the older I get, the easier that is for me to do because I see that so clearly every single day. Yes, I need you. I need your help because I am not smart enough or strong enough or quick enough or pretty enough or whatever enough to be able to do this by myself. So acknowledge that. The good thing is once we do that and ask for his help, which I should put in there, then he is very happy and very quick to give it to us. Remind ourselves a lot. It is about progress, not perfection. I think a lot of times as women, we just beat ourselves up. I know I do. And I'm pretty, really pretty mentally and emotionally healthy, but I still do my share of that, of just feeling inadequate or ah, I'm not doing what I should be doing. There's so much. And and I think that we've just got to stop doing that, ladies. Just stop doing that. It's not helpful. And then the fourth thing is work on consciously changing our thoughts. Our thoughts, the messages that we give ourselves are so tremendously important. They affect how we think, how we act, how we feel, everything. And if we keep having negative, toxic, defeated thoughts, we keep acting in negative, toxic, defeated ways. So it is vitally important, even if you don't quite believe it yet, but to start giving yourself more positive messages. We become the messages that we give ourselves. So if you're giving yourself a lot of negative messages now, you need to switch, start becoming more positive, and you start telling yourself more positive things, and you will, in fact, become a more positive person. Okay, we're going to pray before we start, as I always do. Lord, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to do this podcast. Lord, you know that I love doing this so much. It is just so much fun. It's a lot of work, but I love doing it. And I just lift up the people who are listening to it now. And I ask, Lord, that the things that I say will be helpful to them, will be encouraging, will just give them a little bit of of the help and the direction that they need to keep moving forward. And I just ask your blessings, Lord, on, on all of our lives right now, that they will be pleasing to you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Amen. Okay. As always, my goal with this podcast is to 
do one weekly. Like I said, we're up to number 13. Yay. Um, to give you a lot of good tools and good tips to help you feel and function better. So today, there is no guest. You have moi. Lucky you. And I'm going to talk to you because I just finished doing this three-part podcast on anxiety, which is really good. I'm so glad I did it. It was kind of a heavy topic. So I thought, let's balance it out by doing something a little more fun. And ladies, there is nothing more fun for me than books. I love reading. I love books. And I learned how to read at a very early age. My parents were big, huge readers. I may have mentioned this before on the podcast. If so, sorry, you get to hear it again. But we moved a lot growing up. And I remember one time I counted and we had 50 boxes of books. I'm not kidding. 50 boxes of books that every time we moved, we had to pack them all up and move them with us. Um, because my parents love to read also. So I come by it honestly. Since I learned how to read at about age seven, I've never been really without a book nearby. If you look at my purse, not that I would let you, you'll have to take my word for it, but there is always a book in there. Um, and I have books all around me at my home and my office. So that is just something that I am never without. Honestly, if I don't have a book near me, I kind of start feeling insecure. I don't get much anxiety, but if I did not have a book around, I would start feeling anxious. I seriously would. That is a big part of, of making me feel good. So I love real books, books with pages and paper and a cover and all of that. Those are great. However, I also love electronic books. I have a Nook app in my iPad. And on my iPad, I just looked this morning, I have 672 books. Again, as much as I love real books, I also love my iPad. My eyes are really bad. I'm extremely nearsighted, have been forever. Um, I have contacts now. If I don't have those on, I wear glasses. And with the iPad, I can adjust the font size and the lighting. So, and it's just so much more convenient. Whenever I used to travel before my iPad, I literally would have one or two books in my purse and I would have three, four or five more in my suitcase. So now I just have my iPad so much easier. So I, I like them both. All right. Some of you are probably not readers and I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. In fact, I remember the story from years ago. Again, I've moved a lot. And whenever I would move, I one of the first things I do, and, and hopefully I'm not doing that much anymore, but uh, I always go to the library and get a library card. It's just something I automatically do. And I remember saying that to someone years ago. I don't remember if it was in Oklahoma or Texas. And she just said, oh yeah, I don't have a library card. And I, I just was, what? I mean, it, I, it totally threw me. I couldn't imagine somebody not having a library card. It, it totally befuddled me. But then I realized, I guess not everybody reads. I can't imagine. So if you're not a reader of books, you should be. So I'm not talking about reading text or Facebook entries. I'm talking about books. Here are some of the benefits. Just was just a quick search online that I found some of these, and then some of these are my own. When you read, you gain knowledge of a lot of different subjects. It really increases your knowledge base because you've read. You are familiar with a lot of these things it drastically increases your vocabulary. It also improves your writing skills. I've taught at a couple of universities and I have to say, when I was teaching, one of the things I would have the students do is write some papers or 
I used to have their big topic, uh, their big graded topic would be a paper that they would write until I found out that a lot of people cannot write. And I was kind of amazed at the spelling, the punctuation, the syntax, or the lack of it. It was really sad. And a lot of it is because people don't read that much anymore. So if you read, you will also improve your writing skills because you know how things are supposed to be said and and written. Um, it exercises your brain, which is always good. Improves your memory and focus. It can be a great source of entertainment. It's fun. I love reading stories. That That's just one of my favorite things to do. It reduces depression. Yeah. I think it also reduces anxiety. I didn't get that far, but I feel, like I said, I feel anxious if I don't have a book with me. I feel calmer and happier when I'm reading something. I get into that flow state where I'm just absorbed in what I'm doing. It's a great feeling. It improves your communication skills because you are able to really relate to other people better because you've, even if you maybe not have met the people that you've read about, you get it. And so you can be much more empathic and understanding and you connect with people better. Helps you sleep better especially if you read right before going to bed, which is what I do, it calms your brain down. And so you start kind of getting into that sleep mode. So you go to sleep easier and better. It improves your physical health. Again, studies do show that. It also, I love this one because I'm 65, it slows age-related cognitive decline. You stay sharper longer when you read a lot. It, it just does great things for your brain. Reduces stress. It improves your imagination. I'm going to talk about some of these books that I've gone to in my imagination. It also improves your mental health. You feel better and you live longer. What's the downside? And also, ladies, even if you are not reading just for yourself, which you should be because it's a good thing to do, you need to read to your kids or your grandkids. When I had my boys when they were growing up, I read to them all the time, like every day. And I did a lot of the Dr. Zeus books, which I love. Those should be on my list. Those are great books. And I remember one of them, I can't remember. It was it was one that had several stories in it. And one was this woman who had like 35 sons. And the problem was she named them all the same. And so the book, uh, the story is talking about now she wishes that they were going older, that she had given them, given them different names because when she calls them, they all come running. So she's going through all the names that she wishes she had given them. And one of them was Oliver Bolivar Butt, B-U-T-T. And every time I would read that, my sons would absolutely crack up laughing hysterically. Oliver Bolivar Butt, ah, ha, ha, ha. And they just thought that was so funny. Um, but it is a great way to connect with your kids. When we were growing up, we had a chore chart and we would always, you know, trade off with each other, but we all had chores that we had to do. We didn't have a dishwasher growing up. We were the dishwashers and the dish dryers and the dish putter awayers. That was us. So we would be working in the kitchen and mom would sit out there on a stool and read a book to us. It was great. So it made the thing go so much faster and it, it was just a good bonding time. So if you are not reading to your kids, ladies, you need to do that. It is a great heritage that you can give to them. It's amazing. Okay, so I'm going to get into some of my very favorite books and just briefly talk about what I like about these books and, and why they um, why they shaped me, how they shaped me. All-time favorite, Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. If you have not read that, you need 
to do that. And I want to tell you the story how I got into this. I grew up in Latin America. My parents were missionaries and I was living in Mexico and I came across this book. It was a paperback book and I'm holding it up here for those of you who can, uh, if you're looking in the uh, YouTube channel, this one is The Horse and His Boy. It was the, I think it was the first one. No, it's the third one. And this is the Puffin, the original Puffin edition, I think you can see. And it has the original drawings in it by Pauline, somebody, I don't remember. But I found this book and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's about this imaginary place and the animals talk and the people are doing cool things. Loved it. Got my parents to get it for me. And when I was growing up in Latin America, there were not very many English speaking bookstores or books that carried our bookstores that carried English books. There just weren't that many. And also remember, this was like 50 some years ago. There was no internet. I couldn't just hop online and see, oh yeah, it's a series. There's seven of these books and I'm just going to order them from Amazon. No, I couldn't do that. But every six, seven months, I would find another book. Ah, oh, there's another one. And it was the coolest thing. And I kept buying them until I had all seven of them. And then I figured out what order they went in. And these are still, I still have those original seven books that I got. I, I've probably had for like 50 years now and love them. I now also have the Chronicles of Narnia on my iPad, just in case anything happens to my paper books. They're amazing. The Chronicles of Narnia gave me the best idea of creation, of the crucifixion and the resurrection, and of revelation than any amount of sermons could ever do. They are amazing. And again, I know they're written for kids. It doesn't matter. If you haven't read them, you need to read them. They are very, very good. I highly recommend them. Then anything else by C.S. Lewis. He was a prolific author, and he is on my list of people I want to meet when I get to heaven. So some things that he wrote that he wrote a bunch. I'm just, I have like three or four that I'm recommending. One is Surprised by Joy. That was his autobiography of his early years. He was an agnostic growing up, really did not want much to do with God, was very uninterested in him. But God pursued him and went after him. And he talks about when he finally became a uh, Christian, he was the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. I love that. I think it's funny, but it, it's a good book. It's very readable. Another one by him is The Screwtape Letters. This is also very entertaining. It is a book that is supposedly written from an older devil to a younger one on how to tempt humans, what is going to work, um, what God is doing and why they're fighting against that. It, it's very eye-opening. And again, it's also a, a easy one to read. Another one is, uh, it's a trilogy, a sci-fi trilogy that he wrote, Out of the Silent Planet, Paralindra, and That Hideous Strength. These are older now, guys, but I still think they were very, very good. I enjoyed them. Next one is The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien. Interesting fact, Tolkien and Lewis were contemporaries. They knew each other. Tolkien was a strong Christian, and he was one of the ones who was instrumental in helping Lewis come to Christ. And his book, The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, there, there are just references. I mean, not references to heaven, but um, kind of like in an allegorical sense, you you can see the things in there and they are just so good. And by the way, I don't know if y'all know this, but there is a place in New Zealand that they, where they built Hobbiton 
Hobbiton, I think is how they pronounce it, for the movie The Hobbit that they filmed. And they did it on this guy's farm. When they were done filming, they went to go take it down. And he said, no, that's okay. Just leave it. And so now he charges people to go through it. I That's on my bucket list. I want to go see Hobbiton. I want to go see the house with the round doors and all of that. So very cool. But I love those. Um, also, Lewis and Tolkien were part of a writing group called the Inklings. And they met every week. They would have dinner at a pub, and then they would each read some of what they'd been writing. They would critique each other, offer encouragement and comments, and and again, it was just good. They were good friends. I'm these are all mixed in together. I've got nonfiction and fiction and adult books and kids' books, so it, it's just all kind of in there as I happen to think of it. So, a fiction series, uh, a fiction writer series that I love is Debbie Mackenber. Very clean fiction, and I love Cedar Cove and Blossom Street, her series. And I think that Cedar Cove is one that has been picked up, and at least the first couple of books they have made a TV movies out of. I don't know if they've done the whole series, but she is really, really good. I love her. Zig Ziglar, anything by him. He is a salesperson. He was a motivational speaker. But even if you are not in sales, I don't think you ever will be. He is so interesting to read. I love stories. And he tells such good stories. They are just really interesting. So anything by Zig is good. Another oldie but goodie is called Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. This is kind of a modern parable on dealing with change in work and life. And I need to order another one because I realized when I was putting this together, I don't have mine anymore. I lent it to somebody who never gave it back to me. So I need to find another one. But anyway, it's very, you can read through the whole thing in like under an hour. It's very, very good. And it's very applicable. Another fiction writer who I really like is Irene Hannon, Christian fiction writer. Anything about her is good. She has a series that's my favorite called Hope Harbor series. She's actually has a, another the latest in that series is coming out here sometime this month. So I'm excited. I'm going to have to get that. Then anything by Agatha Christie. Love her. I mean, she is just one of my all-time favorites. I just love Miss Marple. She is the coolest. And uh, Poirot is pretty good too. So I love Miss Marple. Uh, and I love Agatha Christie. Sherlock Holmes. All of them. I grew up reading Sherlock Holmes love uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And one of the things on my bucket list is I want to go sometime to England and go to 221B Baker Street, because that is now like a museum that you can visit. That's where Sherlock lived. I want to go see it. And I just love his books. I love the, the deductive reasoning. He was really one of the main people who created the private consulting detective. And I love that genre of books. So very good. Next, nonfiction. Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. Martin was the father of the positive psychology movement, and he really shows you how to become more positive and more optimistic if you are not. And I personally think that's such a, a better way to be. He really looks into why people become the way they are and how to change it. So I really like him. I recommended him to a lot of different clients. Another fiction series that I love is by Joanne Fluke. She's the author and it's the Hannah Swinson series. Good stories and great recipes. I will tell you, you will be hungry if you read these because they're, Hannah owns a, a uh, cookie shop 
and she solves mysteries. And there are recipes all the way throughout and there's food all the way. I don't know how those people in her books do not gain like a hundred pounds because they're always eating and it always sounds amazing, but uh, really, really good books. And like I said, very clean. I, I like those. Another nonfiction one that I just recently finished reading, I'm going to reread again, is Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is an amazing book on building good habits and breaking bad ones. And my son and I read through this together. We would read one chapter every other day or so and then get together and, and comment on it. But it helped both of us so much. And the way he lays things out, you're like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. So really, really good, very readable, short chapters, which I personally love. So I highly recommend that one. Um, Another one is, ah, yeah, Randy Alcorn. Anything by Randy Alcorn. And got Heaven here, and then I've got Happiness. And I've got a note on there for me. Yep. Um, happiness is one that I am reading right now uh, in my quiet time every day, a little bit of it. And he talks about how God wants us to be happy and joyful. And it's just such a good book. It's very readable. He's got scripture throughout all of his books. And heaven is one that my dad found when my mom passed away, uh, gosh, about 13 years now. And he loved it so much that he went out and got a copy for each of his kids. And I've read it now probably 10 or 12 times. I reread it once every couple of years. I love a lot of things about it. One is, again, there is scripture throughout. Two is that he has two chapters on animals being in heaven, pets, beloved pets, which I believe. I don't know how you can have pets and not believe that they have a soul. And I do believe animals are going to be in heaven. It talks about that there are some there. There's an eagle. There are horses. There are, you know, there, there are animals that are going to be in heaven. And I believe that when we have pets that we have loved, that we will see them again. And I recommended this book to several friends who have lost pets, and they were very comforted by that. In fact, the first time it happened, I, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, Melissa Thompson, and I texted her because she was in, yeah, she was in Oklahoma at the time. I was in Texas, and she, oh no, maybe we were both in Oklahoma. I don't remember. Anyway, I texted her and recommended the book, and she texted me back within an hour and said, oh, I love it. And I'm like, you already got it. And she said, yeah, I downloaded it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was when you could first start doing that. But she downloaded the book, read those two chapters immediately and felt so much better. Really, really good book. Okay. So then ah, another nonfiction, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Charles, if I am mispronouncing your name, I'm very sorry, but I think that's it. This is just a fascinating book on how habits are formed, how we can undo them. And I, I think one reason I'm drawn to habit books about habits so much is because I use hypnosis to help clients change habits, to help them start sleeping better or exercise more or worry less or whatever. So I'm always interested in that, but it's a very readable book, really, really good stories and very interesting. Another one, this one I had to order on Amazon. I don't think it's going to be in a bookstore. D. Gary Young, the world leader in essential oils. I use essential oils all the time, like on a daily basis, multiple times throughout the day. I use Young Living Oils. And as you saw, that's D. Gary Young. D. Gary and Mary Young, his wife, are the ones who founded Young Living Oils. I use theirs because none of their oils have additives, 
chemicals, preservatives, fillers, they won't grow the plants that they use on ground that has had pesticide or herbicide for more than 50 years. Everything's handpicked. I mean, they're they're just amazing. They're really good books. And in this book, there's some about his autobiography. He grew up on a farm and farm equipment is always breaking. So he learned how to tinker and how to fix things. Well, in his early 20s, I believe it was, he was in a horrible accident. Um, and they said he that he wouldn't walk again. Well, he decided not to accept that verdict and started researching and looking into all kinds of things that he could use to heal himself. Essential oils are one of the things that he came across. And then they started this company producing them because they couldn't really find what they wanted. He developed a lot of the equipment that is still used today to produce the oils from the plants. So it, I think that was just a fascinating book. Really interesting. Okay. Another nonfiction that I love a Hole in the Gospel by Richard Stearns. Some of these names are throwing me. Sorry. Um, I love this one. This is a story of uh, a guy who was in corporate America, really at like the top of his game, making a lot of money, great house, new cars, all that, and ended up resigning and going to serve as president for World Vision, which was just kind of an unprecedented thing back then. And um, it's just a very inspirational story. I love it. And and I it speaks to me because I have been supporting some orphans uh, or just some kids from World Vision for like the past 13 years. So I, I love all of that. It's really interesting. One that I am really fond of, I found this in high school. These are, it's a trilogy of books, The Singer, The Song, and The Finale by Calvin Miller. And it's kind of in poetry form, kind of, it's got these stanzas and verses and, and it, it's just a very, very good, uh, the life of Christ, the resurrection, revelation. I mean, it's just really, really good in, like I said, poetry form. I also like it because Calvin Miller is from Oklahoma. And again, I grew up in Oklahoma. Another one that was just amazing for me growing up is the Anne of Green Gables series by L.M. Montgomery. Love this. I also now want to go to Prince Edward Island because that's where Anne grew up. So I want to go there fiction. There's like seven or eight books. And if you have preteen girls, they would probably love that. That would be a great book to read to your daughters. So just letting you know. Okay. Where am I? Yes. All right. Beth Moore, anything and everything. She is amazing. She's written so many books. I just picked one. Uh, this is A Heart Like His. It's uh, Reflections on the Life of David. I have been blessed to hear her speak live a couple of times. And she is one of the few people that I can say that I listened to, I could have listened to for hours and and not got tired of it. I mean, she is that good. So if you ever get a chance to hear her go, if you get a chance to read her book or to be in a Bible study that she's written, I would encourage you to participate. You cannot go wrong with that. Another one that I like anything he has done is John C. Maxwell. I was thinking, gee, I know that wasn't right. And I think a lot of you have heard of them. He's just big into leadership. He has founded the John Maxwell Company. Um, he equips coaches. This is just really, really good. Even if you don't think you're a leader, a lot of times we lead more than we think we do. So I really recommend anything by John Maxwell. This is an oldie but goodie. I think it may be out of print now. You may have to order it just online. Healing Oils of the Bible by Dr. David Stewart. I like this. This was one of my first exposures, uh, first books that I read when I started using essential oils. 
and I use them all the time, every day. And I loved this because David Stewart was a, a retired Methodist minister, former university science professor, and a, an authority on essential oils. So he explains how essential oils work on the body, what they do when we put them on us, how they help heal and change things. And I read the first part of this book, especially just with my jaw dropped open. They do what? It was really amazing and very, very interesting. So I highly recommend that one. Okay, back to fiction, a one an author that I've loved for years, and that is Mary Higgins Clark. Where Are the Children was her first one that she wrote. Do not read this late at night. Don't start it late at night because you will not be able to go to sleep until you finish it. And you don't want to be reading it late at night because then you're going to be going, what was that? I heard something. Who was that? Um, very suspenseful, very edge of your seat but very good, very clean. Her Also, her daughter, Carol Higgins-Clark, writes a lot of mysteries. They're not the suspense, they're more of the mystery, but she and her mom co-wrote several books together also. Mary Higgins-Clark has now passed away, which I'm sad about because that means there will be no more new books, but I really like all of her. Another oldie. This came out when I was in high school, Spirit Controlled Temperament by Tim LaHaye. And I love this because it talks about the four different temperaments that we can be from a Christian perspective and talks about the, the strong points, the weak points, what we can do with them, how we can overcome them. And it's just very readable. And one of the things I think is so fun, you're reading this and you think, that's my dad. Oh my gosh, my sister does this all the time. My boss. I mean, you're, you're going to be finding all these people who, you know, and, and including yourself. So they're just fun to read. Okay. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Zambala. Really, really good book. He is the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. And his wife, Carol, is the director of the Brooklyn Tab Choir. And this is a remarkable story of God, of how God used them to help transform this church that had like 25 people to over 6,000. It's amazing. And the Brooklyn Tab Choir just does amazing musical things. They've won all kinds of awards. Really good. Okay, another one. I love this one. Heaven is for Real by Todd Burpo. And this is the story. Uh, Todd is a pastor. And he and his wife, their four-year-old son, and I think, yeah, Colton, uh, had some surgery. It's been a while since I've read this. So, yeah, he had to have an emergency appendectomy. And kind of they, they thought they lost him during the appendectomy, but then he was okay. And then after that, in the months after that, four years old, he's telling them about heaven because he saw God there. And the people that he saw, family members, telling them things about the family members, there was no way he could have known. And the one that just gave me huge goosebumps when I read it, he was telling his mom about he goes, oh, I have two sisters. And his mom goes, no, honey, you just have one. You have whatever her name was. No, but I met the other one. And he goes, no, there's not another one. No, mom, I met her in heaven. She said she died in your tummy. She had had a miscarriage that they had never told him about. And I'm just like, getting goosebumps. Um, it, it's just a really, really good book. Very readable. Encourage you to read it. Okay. Some other things that I love. Reader's Digest. I read these all the time. They're great guidepost one of my favorites in fact 
I read these and I sponsor a lot of these for uh, military because they'll send them to the military. So good. And then prevention, because I'm in the health and wellness field. This is a good little magazine. All of these are very quick. You can read through them, you know, in a few minutes. It doesn't take long, but good stories. I really love them. Then um, another one that I love, uh, author, is Frances Hodgson Burnett. Don't know if I said her name correct either, but she's gone, so she probably won't care. She wrote The Secret Garden and The Little Princess. If you have daughters, those are great books for them. I love them. Other, And I still read them. Um, two other great books that are good for reading to your child. I grew up on the Nancy Drew series. Now, mine were the original ones. I've added some other things today that I don't know. I had the original with Nancy and her blue convertible solving mysteries. I, that was just so cool. Also love Thomas Kincaid and Catherine Spencer, the Cape Light series. Thomas Kincaid, some of you know, he was called the painter of light. He has passed away and Catherine Spencer is still alive. At least she was last time I checked. And she is still writing some of those books. Really, really good books. Clean, just very, very good. I highly recommend those. Also, a lot of you are familiar with these, the Left Behind series. Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. Love those. Really, really good. Well-written, well done. They also have uh, a series for kids, the same type of thing. So good. Last one that I want to end on, my all-time favorites. I am a huge Calvin and Hobbes fan. I love these by Bill Watterson. In fact, if I am out and I see a book that I don't have, I try to get it. They are so good. They just make me laugh every time I read them. And we always need a good chuckle. So those are some of mine that I love, that I am very happy uh, to share with you. And guys, really, reading is good for you. It is good for you. It is good for your family. It, it just develops your mind. And again, it makes you feel better in all areas of your life. And I tried to give a good mixture. These are just some of the books that I love. There are so many more, but I mean, we would be here all day with that. So I just wanted to kind of give you just a little snippet of some of these books that I think are really good, that can be helpful, that are readable. Um, I don't like books that are 50 pages to a chapter. That's one of my pet peeves. I like ones that, you know, move quickly. And I don't like ones that are really too technical because you can get bogged down. And really none of these are like that. They all fit those requirements. So hopefully some of those will appeal to you. Okay. So my fun fact about Waco, and I did not plan this, but you know, God is really smart. This has to do with books. So a China Spring 4-H club, that's the national youth development organization for kids and teenagers they and china springs is in north waco they gathered up and delivered dozens of children's book to the neonatal intensive care unit at baylor scott and white hospital in waco i love this for a couple of reasons one it has to do with books i mean that's just great and two when ed was in dental school and we were living in houston uh in basically the medical center I worked for a group of doctors who were neonatologists and a neonatologist is someone who works with preemies. And so the neonatal unit is the unit that has preemies in it. And it was really, they were doing a lot of research at that time. I typed up a lot of papers on, on surfactant, lung surfactant and all these things that help preemie babies do better. And they they were just getting, so that was kind of when they were really starting to be able to save babies that were 
pretty small that they had not been able to do before. So it was kind of exciting. And I would walk through the neonatal unit and at Christmas time, the nurses would put the babies in these little stockings. And some of those babies honestly would fit in your hand. They were really that small, but a lot of them still, they were able to save. So it was a very cool thing. Anyway, it was, it was a good thing because now what they're finding is that some of those babies in the neonatal unit, they are too sick for the parents to be able to hold. So they can't bond with them through picking them up and touching them. They let them do that as soon as they can, but sometimes it's just not safe. But one way they can bond with their baby is to read to them because these babies already recognize their parents' voice, especially mom, because mom's been carrying them around for nine months. So when they, the parents get one of those books that these kids donated and reads them out loud to their, their baby, the babies are calmer, they're happier because they know mom or dad are there. It's just a way of connecting with them. So I just thought that was just the coolest thing. I love that. What a great idea. So as always, I just want to um, emphasize the fact that I am so glad that you are listening. I so appreciate it. And if you are getting value out of this, and I hope you are, there are a couple of things that you can do. One is if you would like my podcast, give me a review, follow it. All those things would be amazing. Also, if you would share a link to it on social media, because I say this often and sadly it's still true. I am not the best at social media marketing, but I know some of you out there are amazing. You can do it in your sleep. So if you would help me out, if you would share some of these episodes, help spread the word, I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, this was a shorter episode than normal, also hopefully a more fun, and I really hope that this gets you guys reading some more. Go pick up some books and start reading. It is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. That is it. I will see you guys or, or talk to you, hopefully, at the next one. Everyone have a great day. Thanks, ladies.